Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Ayani. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I call it a comeback. <laughs> Hi, Halima. And hello to the listeners. Welcome to the Polyester Podcast. I'm Ayani, and I'm the founding editor-in-chief of Polyester. And I'm and Halima. wait. Oh, fuck. And I'm the author of Poor Little Sick Girl. Sorry. <laughs> you know that already. And I'm Halima, Ayani's best friend. <laughs> This is the Sleepover Club, a feminist pop culture podcast where we pull apart the hashtag discourse in the hope of making some sense of it all. Before we get started, please like, rate, and review, and subscribe. Ayuni, do you have any reviews through that this week? We do, we do. And I've picked a special review out that mentions you, so you don't feel left out, as Eden is not here, as she is feeling poorly today. But we were actually planning to record with Halima anyway, so um, it's fine. Anyway. It's giving hope for the future five stars. Oh, hi, lovelies. You are spot on every episode. It's giving the only take I need. You're inclusive and kind and not I love. Whether it's forecasting with brilliance or taking apart Julia Fox, which your cunning ability to question even your own compulsion to love it makes me happy. Keep trusting yourselves. You've got something very special here. I think you know that. Please keep going. Halima, you are missed. More voices like theirs, please. Love from Canada. Seriously, they're all here and say hi. Happy solstice and intersectional family trauma season. Enjoy what you can of it all. Kiss, kiss. That is by ACS alum by Apple Podcasts in Canada. That's so nice. Thank you so much. So cute. Well, you don't have to miss her anymore. Pow, pow, pow. I'm here, baby. <laughs> so today, as we have had such a momentum year on the podcast, mm-hmm. we're going to do a little end of year recap. Yeah, we are. Favorite, and plus, these are completely on vibes and our own personal opinions. <laughs> there is no, um, <laughs> there is no scientific data or even um, anyone else's opinion because mm-hmm. this is our podcast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, Halima, should we do one each? How should we do this? Like, yeah, one each. I I know for a fact we're gonna overlap. Okay, okay. Let's just do one each. You go first. Me go first. Okay. So the first one I have, which I think was the first one of the year that I've picked, is the Sleepover Club: The Toxic Femininity Deep Dive Part Two: The Emergence of Dissociative Feminism. You love that series. I love this episode because I feel like it was the first um, kind of episode. Actually, the Indie Sleeves one did this as well, mm-hmm. but. I felt like we really kind of captured 
the vibe mm-hmm. of Wait, did you pick part two or part one or both part of them? two well i like both of them but part one was more about like yellow jackets and stuff wasn't mm-hmm. it which i still mm-hmm. love because that show is so good but i feel like part two was really interesting because of how much dissociative feminism kind of like captured everyone's imagination from there like it felt like this kind of niche not niche but like that not everyone knew about it and then I was like quoting for articles and then Mm. fucking everyone's talking about fem cells and like we get so many pictures for the site now about dissociative feminism and fem cells so and plus I feel like it was kind of a really good way for me personally to like set my head straight for that year of like what was kind of going on in feminism that I didn't agree with if that Mm -hmm. makes sense and like I feel like it bleeds into a lot of the other topics we spoke about whether we speak about this episode or not like the skinniness and like all of these other things that kind of come back to this dissociative feminist conservative mindset so it's a crazy thing about like we're in the episode we're talking using terms like fleabag era and associated feminism and like I, I haven't heard people say shit about it like <laughs> towards the end of the year so it's like it's insane to think about how like this year can actually be like remembered or like categorized through these trends like what part of the year mm-hmm. we were in when mm-hmm, we we're talking mm-hmm. about these certain things i remember in the episode we we're talking about fleabag i was so mad i was like people fundamentally misunderstood fleabag. <laughs> you were in your fleabag era I, oh i was my fleabag era. <laughs> <laughs> um have your thoughts on dissociative feminism and femme cells changed throughout the course of this year at all do you know if it wasn't for i don't think about i in my in my head i just have not thought about like i like i know there was i did an article about fem cells that got a lot of so much hate and i just didn't even read the piece like my, my brain that. i didn't I just, even know it existed no my god the person got so much hate for it who um, was it do you know i don't know who wrote it um but I won't bring it up again. I don't want them to be sad. Triggered. Yeah. But I remember they got so much hate for it, like this fem cell, like dissociative fe- feminism stuff. But like, a- like after we spoke about it, I just didn't think about it again. <laughs> like, but I feel like we've seen it grown so much in some ways. Like Pearl is such an example of the, the girlies loving um, a character and like this kind of nihilistic character. I haven't seen Pearl yet. I haven't seen here, So either, if I've got yeah. it completely wrong, then, yeah, you know. I have no clue. But, I feel like it really, I feel like it kind of sums up the year in a lot of ways, but in a negative way, (laughs) in that like everyone has been really downtrodden and like Mm. really giving up. And also I feel like something that we pinpointed in that episode has been like not really misconstrued, but misconstrued, but I have an axe to grind. Okay. Oh my God, this episode is going to be two hours long. Um, (laughs) So like, you know how we spoke about in this, in that episode about how people were rejecting liberal feminism by being like dissociative feminists and Mm -hmm, kind of like mm -hmm, shock mm -hmm. feminists or whatever. Yeah. I've seen that be used for like different examples um, of like body positivity failing and all these other things failing. And, um, my point of view is that if you're, which I'm pretty sure I was saying in the episode, but if you're rejecting something because you're like, if you're rejecting something and going the other way because you don't like liberalism, then you didn't really have a skin in the game in the first place. Like these it's things true. don't really affect you that much. So you yeah. are just rejecting it on edginess. I wrote about this earlier this year or something about how like people are just so dumb. Like, because... <laughs> 
<laughs> like people get so um kind of distracted by so much liberal feminism feminist bullshit like people love to get distracted by florence given mm. you're not distracted by jamila jamil like, I, like the amount of white women who are like florence given is the rupaul like who's the fucking that the um the rupaul of our generation um no they actually seen that no 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 that's not what i was trying to say and who's that poet who like writes like the trees and the grass or like uh, rupee cause i think rupee, yeah people are like uh florence given is to feminism what rupee core is to poetry or whatever whatever the fuck that means like people get so distracted by like what the media put in our face about feminism which is always going to be liberal feminism to the point where they reject feminism as a whole and that's just so stupid like yeah that's so fucking stupid like stop getting distracted by shit also, and, I, and i do oh carry on no you you okay i was just gonna say um wait you finish your point <laughs> well i just think that like i think that this here I would like to believe that people, like, after, especially after that particular, I don't know if uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned around the time, was it, was before it was or after? January, so I'm not sure. I can't uh-huh. remember exactly when it was. I think it must have been, we did that podcast before it, was, it yeah. happened, but I, I think that with uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned, I think people just, like, I don't know if I saw it much online. I think to some extent I did, but people got their arse in gear. Like, mm. people started realizing that, like, this like bullshit that we see online means nothing when you know reproductive justice is like always on the fucking line when we like critically need feminism so i'd like to think that we got over that hump once we realized what was really at stake i don't know i don't agree with you and i also think it's really difficult right i think so i've been reading a couple of like turfy feminist things just for research obviously and like to know what the hell they're saying um because obviously I don't re-engage in that content that much and it's so interesting so did you see Hadley Freeman for her first Sunday Times article did like uh, basically feminism is dead how did we get here vibe Mm-mm. when was this like three weeks ago two weeks ago I hate that type of content so much that's the whole like feminism is dead me too is over like shut like anyway carry on and then I read Suzanne Moore who is like another disgraced turfy journalist mm-hmm. did an interview with JK Rowling I saw that actually um which I read and it was so interesting because like these turfs like these trans exclusionary radical in inverted commas feminists because they're not feminists um are basically kind of parroting some of the points that like women and people marginalized people like us say in terms of like it's too focused on individualism it's too focused on the internet it's too focused on um like why aren't we caring about global issues like western feminism blah 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 blah. and that terrifies me because Mm. that means they're in some way interacting with our content on like a you know even on a surface level and then like returning it through their own twisted minds and blasting it out so I feel like that's why we have to be really careful about making these like sweeping comments within our own communities like because I mean we talk about this all the time right we think of the there's so much about the internet being this like um echo chamber this bubble blah 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 blah. but if you say shit on the internet people will read it and like it can be taken out of context and all of these other things I mean maybe we're being hypocritical right now but I think it's really important that like our own the way that we critique our own movements isn't co-opted by people that have like nasty agendas. But it's always <laughs> co-opted though, isn't it? Like, yeah. like 
it, like in whatever shape or form it is like there's somebody I did I had a lecture the other day about decolonial feminism and um there we're just talking about the fact that I can't remember what writer was saying this but she was talking about the fact that like don't be surprised if like the language of decolonial feminism gets co-opted like why do you think why course, would you think yeah. it couldn't be yeah like, all of this can be co-opted but it's like just being fucking smart about it and, yeah like like oh all of a sudden the language of decolonial fem- feminism gets co-opted and then you you decide not to engage with decolonial feminism yeah. like how is that productive in the slightest like mm-hmm. but yeah <laughs> okay moving swiftly onwards <laughs> okay my turn my turn um Obviously, one of her episodes that we ever did was the Amber Heard and uh, Depp one. Wow, we're really just like driving it home with the hard topics today. <laughs> <laughs> was, I found that episode particularly, like if I even, I try not to listen back, because, especially with that episode, because I was so, I, I feel like you could hear the apprehension in my voice, not because I was afraid yeah. to talk about it, but because it's such a, it felt like a very big topic. Yeah, well, and, and it was. And it, it was. feel like it, like it was, and it is it's a huge topic and I felt like quite like nervous about it even though I like we knew we had to do an episode of it, about it because so much of the conversation from like leftists was the fact that they were like oh I'm not gonna get involved it's just, yeah. it's just a white woman like whatever like they're both bad guys like actually no yeah that we learned rather quickly after the fact that like that's not the case and like Justice for Amber Heard and fuck Johnny Depp and fuck Rihanna. Oh my god, I know. Fuck Rihanna. So if anyone didn't see Rihanna put Johnny Depp in the Savage Fenty show, sorry, I did not have that on my 2022 bingo. It's the most ugly video I've ever seen. I I I remember when it came out, I just couldn't stop watching the clip. (laughs) It's hell. It's It's hell. hell. Like they have these black men dancing behind this ugly bitch. It's insane. And um, I feel like one of the most frightening, <laughs> no, like obviously the whole situation was so serious and I feel like, um, yeah, I think we did a really like good thing to bring that element of the conversation forward because it really like wasn't there in our circles or in any circles. Like no one was, there were obviously like Twitter people and like blah, blah, blah. There's a reason why, I mean, we wouldn't have been pro Johnny Depp anyway, but you know, mm-hmm. we could build an episode because the momentum was there. But I feel like that was definitely one of the only sort of media things that really went out on a bat for her. Mm-hmm. Like it just, I, like it just took people too long. It was like I got so annoyed when I heard that Gloria Steinem and I think it was some other organizations, Me Too. They like, only just said things. Yeah. They just said things. They just announced support for her after the fact. Like why does why does nobody act preemptively? Why is it always after the fact? Of, of helping, of helping a woman, helping proven, somebody, like right or wrong, but like, and even when, hell? yeah, even when now with the um, Megan the Stallions trial with oh, uh, Tory so Lanez, sad. and she's talking about how she wishes that like he killed her because of the way like people are talking about her, the way people are like, oh, like it's just so fucking annoying. Like it's just another case, another case of people like I remember when he first shot her in 2020 and people were talking about Megan the Stallion and the way that they would degender her mm-hmm. and say that that was the reason that she was shot like as if like because she's a 510 like mm. black woman who's sexually liberated the fact that she's sexual makes her like not a woman or not yeah. like conf- like not be seen as people's ideal of a woman and so she deserves to be shot like or the fact that like a lot of her sexual history is being put on display in this 
trial, like who she's had sex with, mm-hmm. people were like, oh, she deserves to be shot because, you know, she's not fitting to the ideals of what a woman should be. And this, this same narrative happened with Amber Heard and it's just happening again. And also just like women's pain. Like pain is such an, like, it's not a big enough word, but women's no. abuse, pain, all of it as entertainment has definitely big, been like a big theme sounds like a horrible word but it's been like Mm -hmm. a recurring notion throughout this year that we're like obsessed with women's pain and like Mm -hmm. the public spectacle of it Um, yeah and we're obsessed with like like genuinely gender policing these women yeah like we're genuinely obsessed with and people love to like i don't know yeah it's just yeah this makes you so mad but on a lighter note on that episode that was the episode that Julia Fox started following us from. So shout out Julia if you're listening. We love you. <laughs> shout out Julia. <laughs> she is a shining beacon in this dark world of mm-hmm. sticking up for these women too. Like she actually mm-hmm. does it like publicly as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which leads me on to my next episode. My next chosen episode is The Sleepover Club. Why can't we get? over our obsession with it girls and i only want to highlight this episode it was actually halima's idea it was a very good idea from halima but i called julia fox being the it girl of the year and then all these fucking articles saying julia fox is a stereotypical it girl i said that 7th of march you did you 2022 did. You, when you I all hated like, julia fox yeah. we got so much hate for that i said no she is an angel i remember <laughs> i was shocked i was like julia and then she defended amber heard like a week later or whatever it was and we were like yeah (laughs) no and i thought it was a good one i really enjoyed like the history part of like what made an it girl and the like the configurations of like what we've seen before and stuff that was interesting but i mean yeah i think i saw an article about like this like about like the it girl i I think maybe it was um glamour or something talking Mm -hmm. about like these trends Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Talking about, like, the it girl. Why does everybody have to be an it girl? Or, like, oh, it was, it was the it girl, that girl episode, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes. And we had another point of the year where that you can actually like remember via these trends everybody was talking about the that girl trend and i feel like it's 
set, like it has carried through for the whole year. I saw this such funny tweet the other day that was like, because everyone was calling Taylor, everyone's calling Taylor Russell an it girl because she's obviously amazing in Bones and all. And everyone's like, no, stay away from her. Every girl you have crowned an it girl this year has been like pulled down. Have you seen that, that uh, you know, that clip from Euphoria where um, Sydney Sweeney's by the door and yeah. Alex uh, Demi's trying to get in and she's yeah. holding the door, she's shaking. <laughs> Everybody's like, that's the visual depiction yeah, of people trying girl. to make somebody an it girl <laughs> and them trying not to be an it girl. Literally. <laughs> so terrible but that is was so good so i just want to shout that out because um we are cultural commentators of the slay, time slay. okay hey Mo, okay. what's your next one my next one is why being a hater is so much fun <laughs> i'm so happy you picked that one because i saw it when i was like scrolling because i had to scroll through all the episodes because we've done every week this year like there's not mm. one week out that we've done and i couldn't even remember that one so tell mm. me about it Neymar. It was so funny because we were just being completely. There's a point where we cackled. Do you remember that point? Like, and Gina, had, Gina was doing the the headliner thing, and she just wrote cackling. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. It was. It's a good episode. It's really fun. It's like it's one of our less like politically serious ones. Yeah. And even though we're, we're still talking about like feminism and bell hooks and gossiping and all that stuff, but it's one of our less serious, and we're where we're just able to like chat shit with the people that we hated really, <laughs> which was great. And um, you went, you came for fucking Bernadine Ebrito's <laughs> neck. <laughs> it must be sad. And you came for Lena Dunham. Oh, Dunham. well, yeah, I feel like mine is more universally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I was a bit rogue. Although Girls is making a renaissance on TikTok. Have you seen? I haven't, actually. I was but, trying to rewatch it and I just stopped. But yeah, I, I tried like last year or this year and I stopped, um... Mm. I stopped, I, I think, when her and Adam broke up the second time or something. I don't know. Mm. But that episode is a good one. I can't remember what we said. No, me. Well, I think we were basically going through that TikTok trend because it was like, what's one? It was like, oh, what's yeah. your celebrity nemesis that, like, you have no logical reason for being your nemesis? <laughs> but I also feel like it's really interesting and has been another theme that's come up through the podcast all this year, but most specifically since, like, the last third of this year, where it's like, the let people enjoy things gang versus the think critically <laughs> about things gang which mm-hmm. are the two schools of thought on our instagram comments i would say they, they, those are yes <laughs> yeah. and we all know whose side we are on we are we, on the be a hater <laughs> don't let people enjoy anything <laughs> exactly i was having drinks in my course my test day and we were, we were at least just having a massive session in like this random pub just being so fucking not being like who do we hate? And like just it, actually screaming about who we hate. And it just felt, oh, it's just such a cathartic. I think that's why I love the episode. The episode was so cathartic. It was like, yeah. oh, I'm laying out my tension about like the celebrity who does not know who I am. But <laughs> I have a vendetta against them. Um, it's like all those tweets where, and this is just literally what I do every day of my life. And I'm probably a horrible bit of person where, you know, like you're on a train or you're on a plane or you're on the bus and you make one person like your favorite and one person your enemy. I'm mm-hmm. always making it like yes. enemies that have no idea I exist. <laughs> like pick a th- obviously I'd never do it to like hospitality staff or anyone actually that would be nasty to hate on, but <laughs> people being annoying, I will make you my enemy for half an hour while I'm on the exactly. bus. <laughs> um okay, so my next episode is Pow 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 Goblin Mode Oxford Ooh. Oxford English Dictionary Word of the Year. Mm-hmm. 
Goblin Mode captures the mood of the moment. We published that on the 28th of March. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's just so fucking funny. Also, I'm not being funny, but like Julia Fox, Esme and Carrie, who did the Guardian article, and then me, you and Eden made Goblin Mode. I won't have another word. I don't know if I made Goblin Mode. I think you guys did though. (laughs) (laughs) You are a goblin, so you... (laughs) I feel like I don't know what Goblin Mode is. Like, I listened to the episode. I wasn't on the episode, was I? No. No. I listened to the episode, but I feel like I still don't know what it is. Like, I can't remember for the life of me what it is. It's basically like, if you haven't read my book yet, everyone go and order Poor Little Sick Girls. You know my um, Inside All of Us is a Gross Girl chapter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically that. Oh, slay. Yeah, so it's basically about... Although, you know, I feel like my book goes a bit further with it but mm-hmm. um in that we need to embrace our most disgusting selves basically oh um, yeah that we're really sanitized in how we approach everything mm-hmm. but in my book it's like more about social politics like it's about how feminism or fourth wave feminism is so obsessed with likability that we are just like doing ourselves a disservice or like nailing in the coffins of our own oppression because mm-hmm. we all want to be liked and it's we can't true. accept that we are disgusting and we're not always going to be liked, especially mm-hmm. by the people that are born to hate us. Mm-hmm. It's true. I think, yeah, gross girls rule the world and it's good to be gross. Unlike, fuck it. Yeah. Read my book. Pow, pow, pow. What's pow, your next pow, pow. one? My next one is an obvious one to the okay. listeners who've been fans. Polly Pockets. Who, Polly Pockets? Yes. Yeah, that's what they're called now. I know, I know. <laughs> Everything Gen Z get wrong about indie slayers. Uh, why did you like this one? It was fun. Yeah, I, sometimes I got an education. I love to learn. Um, it was just a, such a fun episode. Like it's like one of our. I think it's the same with um, the hater episode. It's like one of our giggly, most giggly ones. Yeah. That was just like a fucking vibe for me. You know what you were saying about how like dissociative feminism kind of just went away as soon as we stopped talking about that episode i feel like for me that was indie sleaze that was literally indie sleaze i was talking to my fr- friends yesterday i was like because i was going through my podcast episodes with them at the pub and i was like when there was indie sleaze they're like what's that i don't know what that is and i was <laughs> like love you guys are of my generation <laughs> and i was like of course you guys don't even know it oh you probably didn't even hear it online because it came and went it must be so hard to have to hang out with people your age no i love it <laughs> you get no wisdom dispelled onto you (laughs) um yeah because I feel like and I feel like that's really indicative as well indie sleaze because that was kind of the micro trend that people made most hoo-ha about yeah I feel and also this is so interesting when you're just thinking of it now because indie sleaze is quite like mask coded right like all of the boys were boys in bands blah 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 blah. the girls were just muses blah 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 blah. not just muses but you know in like the eye of the media they were just muses blah 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 blah. but then like for every other single 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 (laughs) micro trend like coquette cyanides blah 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 Mm -hmm. everyone's so quick to tear it down and be like because they're all really feminine coded whereas in these days it's like yes this is the dawn of a new cultural revolution Mm -hmm. when really it was just nothing it was nothing i i I saw that comment on the on the and one of the pot not the podcast it was um literally the latest post on the, the girl's essay yeah like a girl's done a analysis of how we treat yeah. these kind of micro trends and somebody commented like what about the trends for the boys and like we had something for the boys oh, <laughs> the yeah the that was for the boys 
was for the boys and the girls and everybody's. But yeah. it didn't last, it didn't stay. It didn't last. Well, I don't think there's been any other trends for boys this year. Why um, was cool? I'll be cool. cool. I'll be cool. <laughs> Oh my god! No, the fall of the wife guys was also a boy trend. Like oh, soft boys getting yeah, but that's kind not like a dethroned. fun trend. No, all these trends, fun. all these other trends are fun for the girls and the gays and the yeah. gays and all them. But yeah, the wife guy one is not fun for the boys. No, no. Well, it's fun for them because they get to be patriarchs, but in a yeah. new, fun, covert way. Yeah. Okay, so my next episode is a recent one the 31st of October and I've already kind of grinded my axe with this episode when I was talking about the liberalism rejection of feminism thing earlier but this episode is the return of skinniness and why body types are still treated as trends Mm -hmm. which Nylon literally put out an article yesterday saying why body types are still treated as trends I'm like "Mm, sorry can you not just lift our podcast episode title next time but anyway I feel like it's even more relevant this Mm -hmm. week because have you seen all the shit about buckle fat on the internet? Oh, the face thing? Yeah. Yeah. So the girls are getting their cheeks removed, basically. Something like that, yeah. Like their cheek fat removed. And I've been saying this for time. Anyone who's been in a room with me and I'll show you the Instagrams and I'll go... Because I was told by a makeup artist in literally 2019 that this buckle fat removal was a thing and that like a couple of girls that she did makeup for had gotten it. And now, since then, I just saw it everywhere and I'm so glad that the internet has woken up to it. I'm so, I didn't hear about this or I didn't know about it until like the Leah Michelle picture dropped and it was like, she's removing the fat in her face. And I was like, damn. It's bananas. I also find this interesting because what was I listening to? Emrata did a podcast. Oh, here we bloody go. Surgery. Yeah, <laughs> Halima is obsessed with Emrata. I'm not even, I, I, I'm still having an obsession. I'm just like, really like, I don't even like her podcast. I think my whole thing with the, her podcast is It's a is fixation. That, it's a fixation. Her podcast can sometimes be good. It can sometimes be very, very terrible and bad. But what I enjoy about her podcast is the fact that it always makes me think critically because I'm either fuming or I'm either really interested. So okay. I, I enjoy that. She had an episode about plastic surgery that was particularly bad. Okay. Um, and she basically just didn't really have an opinion. But one of her main opinions was the fact that women shouldn't have to be honest or public about the plastic surgeries that they have. But she's talking about it in regards to celebrities in particular. Mm-hmm. And there was Hayley Norman who writes the newsletter, maybe they did a podcast, did a uh, newsletter about the destigmatization of plastic surgery. Ali Robottom, who we've covered on Polyester before, yeah. she wrote the book Aesthetica. Just mm-hmm. wrote an, uh, I think a big essay for Dazed in their latest issue about the destigmatization of plastic surgery, mm-hmm. and like I, I think I, I just find that like there is people are M Rata talks about M Rata talks about I keep calling her Emma Rata. Her name is M Rata. <laughs> okay, she's talking about the fact that it's so good or like positive in a way that people are like being honest about their plastic surgeries, but like there's limitations to the destigmatization of plastic surgery. Like people are just like, yeah, I got my boobs done. Yeah, I, I, Joe, I was going to say Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Jonas gets things in his face to make sure that he retains his youth and all this stuff. And people, they're destigmatizing it and they're talking about it. But like, it's like, I don't know how to describe it. They're talking about how they're so they're happy to get these plastic surgeries, but it doesn't get to the root of why? The problem as to why they get these plastic surgeries and like the problems with the fact they feel like they need these plastic surgeries. It's just like, yeah, I'm happy to get my boobs done. I'm happy to get this done. You're happy to do it, but be- like, because why? Why? Yeah. Like, why yeah, are you yeah, doing yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's limitations to the discussions on, of destigmatization. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the, like, exactly. And it all goes back to this, like, 
beauty standard that is totally fucked up and then also fat phobia and also like um ageism because like a lot of the buckle fat discourse is really interesting because those are people are being like well you lose your buckle fat naturally anyway when you get older so like Mm. or you can think of like older women that have more defined cheekbones and that's because you lose your buckle fat so everyone's saying like the people that get buckle fat removal are gonna look like really old when they're old Mm. which I think just is funny because it kind of exposes this um hypocrisy in plastic surgery like in that they're trying to do something to look nice now but then people are already criticizing them for what they'll look like in 20 years (laughs) that is so true but also like they'll do these surgeries that might make them look weird when they're older and they'll just get more surgery to fix the fact that they look strange when they're older or whatever like it's like ca- like plastic surgery is just like a capitalistic business that like just wants exactly your money. no a hundred percent and I think it's also so I think that's something that's really under discussed in conversations around plastic surgery is like how we treat the class intersection so like how I said class so put a class intersection um, <laughs> so like for example how you know we are really judgmental of a woman who is like working class who gets lip filler and maybe she gets like quite a lot and they look a bit uncanny valley but then like Demi Moore or whoever else that gets a thread a thread facelift and like nice subtle fillers like I feel like there's so much unsaid about how class intersects with plastic surgery and how it's going to become more and more of a it needs to become more and more of a topic as we get older and like as our generations get more and more and more because there's going to be this huge like chasm between people that get good surgery and people that get bad and then how we treat them yeah very very true people don't talk about that enough actually i agree so halima what have been your biggest takeaways from the year of presenting the podcast um i think my biggest takeaways like as with every year that i have i've gained feminist consciousness is that the world hates uh women and other marginalized peoples. Lovely festive note to end yes, on. Yes, but also, like, every year makes me feel more and more, like, radicalized in my feminist politics. And I hope that, you know, I think that's clear in each episode that we've done. And yeah. I hope that it's made other people feel re-energized and not dissociative. Because mm-hmm. we need, we need people to believe in feminism and all that great stuff. We need feminism to survive and not, yeah, so... I think that's what my biggest takeaway of the year is that like I just feel incredibly radicalized and you know I felt incredibly radicalized like through doing the podcast too yeah yeah I agree I think it's definitely made me feel more like firm in my beliefs and also like more obliged not obliged but like to find more joy in researching the stuff that might be easy to either like dismiss or accept like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to actually look at things from like many different facets and like even Mm -hmm. when the episodes come out I feel like I learn more about the subjects from like what you guys say about it and like the conversations that happen online when the episodes come out and it has really made me feel more confident in like taking a stance on specific cultural nuances I suppose Mm, I agree okay and we just want to say thank you to all the listeners thank you everybody and thank you to everyone that's left us a horrible hate comment yeah, fuck you. So you <laughs> yeah, you're getting cold. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you all have a lovely, lovely Christmas. Thank you to Olivia for editing this. Thank you to Alima for joining me for this episode. Thank you to Eden for co-hosting with me for the past three months. We love you, Thank Eden. You to um, 
Gina and Gina, Charlotte, Izzy, Grace, Patty, and Misha. We will see you in the new year. We're taking like two weeks off. I don't know when you'll see Halima. Nah, you guys deserve a break. You guys have really like, you deserve a break. It's true, it's true. But we'll be back the second week of January. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.